Greg Kelly Show. Test, test. It works. Uh, hi, middle of the weekend. It's a special uh, President's Day edition. I love this time. I just love it. I love a work day that doesn't really feel like a work day. We got a little bit of a party going on over there. It's uh, it's just a nice, easy feeling. Granted, the country is going down the tubes. Uh, so far, I've been having a fantastic weekend. Actually, surprisingly, uh, I have not mind. I have not minded socializing. Uh, my my wife has brought me <laughs> to a bunch of uh, various things I thought I didn't want to go to. This party, this cocktail party, a dinner party, and um, actually, they were all very, very pleasant and very insightful. It's good to talk to people, right? It is good to uh, not watch TV. I mean, and actually have conversations, or actually, for me, just listen. And, uh, you know, I was struck by something this weekend. Nobody, nobody expressed concern or outrage or condemnation about Alexei Navalny. I was just appalled. I was, what's wrong with you people? I mean, don't you understand what just happened to Alexei Navalny? Um, all right, look, I don't want anybody to die. I want everybody to live to be 100. I wish there were no dictators in the world. I wish there were no autocrats. I wish there were no gulags. But there are. I have to concern myself a little bit more with the with the gulags here in America. You know, the ones that have uh, are j- housing, jailing the January 6 prisoners, people who didn't break anything or hurt anything. I just can't break too much of a sweat for some guy I know virtually nothing about. Tall, slim guy with a wife and kind of popular in Russia. I don't know anything else. I don't know anything else, nor do I particularly care. I just can't get worked up about it. We have... You see what's happening at our border. You see what's happening in our schools. You see what's happening right here. You can't go buy a bottle of shampoo without talking to the clerk to unlock it for you. And the clerk often has to talk to the manager of the store. We have more pressing problems. And again, I was just, wow, nobody talked about Alexei Navalny. And of course, you know who else has not been talking about Alexei Navalny? Trump. They're all horrified that Trump has not yet issued a statement on Alexei Navalny. I mean, did did the people at the sneaker convention want to hear about uh, Alexei Navalny? That was a brilliant move, by the way. I mean, I'm not into sneakers. Um, I was as a kid, you know, the new sneakers, high tops, low tops. But there is a whole industry and culture that, you know, is really into sneakers. I knew a guy who actually bought and sold them on the Internet. And he made tons and tons and tons of money. Uh, I don't really get the whole fascination I also don't understand my sneakers, for instance, that I'm wearing right now. Guess what? They don't have laces. I have slip-on sneakers. You can actually get them. I got them from Nike, Nike, Nike. And uh, I know it's a woke company, but they make a hell of a sneaker. And um, you don't need laces. I'm just kind of surprised that the laces, uh, sneakers have kind of plateaued in terms of their technology. I mean, shoelaces have been around for like 500 years, right? We were still tying up our shoes. I don't tie up my I only wear loafers. Anyway. Uh, Trump did not say anything about Alexei Navalny. And you know why? Well, because pretty soon he just might be the president of the United States. I really hope he is. And when he is, you know what we need? We need a fresh look at Ukraine. We need we need new eyes on that problem. Trump has said that he could put both uh, parties at the table and solve the thing in a day. I actually believe him. I think it could take a week, but I think it actually could work. And you don't need uh, you know, cheap statements that mean absolutely nothing, condemning something we don't 
fully understand. We don't know how he died yet. I know Putin probably killed him. Uh, but people die in prison. People die in prison. They fight over uh, the silliest things in prison, right? They fight over cigarettes. There's gang fights in prison. There are all kinds of bad things that happen in prison. Jeffrey Dahmer was killed. He wasn't killed by uh, by President Clinton. He was killed by some maniac who was jealous of him. He was jealous of him, actually. Jeffrey Dahmer, because he was getting all this fan mail in uh, in jail in Wisconsin from women all over the world who were kind of into it. I know. Someone's into everything. <laughs> Somebody's into everything. Anyway, he could have died a whole bunch of different ways. I want the war in Ukraine to end. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to. I know I'm supposed to be outraged. We've got our own outrages closer to home. Does that make sense? Also, um, I actually, I'm not into sneakers, but I would get one of these. I would get one of these fancy sneakers from Trump. Does anybody know about this thing? Why did he go? It. You know what he does? He goes to where the people are. He goes to he goes where the culture is. He goes where the the locus is. And he went to the sneaker convention with his own pair of custom made gold shoes. Hey, I just sent you that. It should be good. Um. All right. I want to come back to the sneaker. I want to come back to Ukraine. Um. And the more Nikki Haley talks, the more people want nothing to do with her. My God. Every time, every time she is going to go go down in flames in South Carolina, but she's committed to staying in this race. What does she know or what does she have? What kind of money does she have or is getting who just keeps campaigning and keeps losing? Cut 21, please. Cut 21. You got that? It's on the extra cuts column. Cut 21. I know it's a holiday and all, but not at all. I mean, it's amazing to me how weak in the knees he is when it comes to Putin, because you look at the fact he is yet to say anything about Navalny's death, which Putin murdered him. It's what he does to his political opponents. He's yet to say anything about seizing Russian assets and allowing that money to go to Ukraine. Why would you not want to have those assets seized? It's sitting in Congress. He should be calling for that. He doesn't talk about anything. All he does is go on late night rants talking about his court cases. And Steve, that's the problem. We have Russia sitting there doing things. They're now surrounding the Baltics, which if they go and invade the Baltics, that those are NATO countries that puts America at war. We have to prevent war. We've got China doing these cyber attacks. We're seeing all of these things happen. And Trump's doing late night rants about his court cases. He's going to be in court for the rest of the year. We can't be distracted. All right. Um, <laughs> man, is that annoying? Is that totally annoying and totally wrong? You know, she lies like crazy. When she was at a Fox Town Hall, she says Donald Trump is not talking about the border. Donald Trump is not talking about China. Donald Trump is not talking about national. All he's talking about is the court cases. That is not true. The only re- the border was put on the map by him in 2015. Remember that when he came down the escalator? They're bringing their they're murderers, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Well, he was right. He was right. And it reminded people, yeah, what the hell is going on down there? And the border became a major, major issue. Now, for the Democrats, they're trying to exploit it. They're trying to ruin it. They're trying to open it up. The globalists want the cheap labor. The Democrats want the votes. He talks about it all the time. He had a Saturday night rally. I'm going to go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it. I, it's very effective. It's te- it's tedious. It doesn't sound fun, but the the results are kind of awesome when you actually break down what he talked about for how long in a two hour rally. And the most of it is about what they call bread and butter issues. Yeah, 
He can rail on the judge, and he should rail on that crazy judge. That case, by the way, what you sooner or later people are going to go to jail, and people really should go to jail. People like Judge Engeron and his crazy law clerk um, Alvin Bragg, and another guy named Michael Pomerantz. This Michael Pomerantz is a real lowlife. Um, the arrogance of this guy. So he's a former federal prosecutor. He hates Trump. Just hates him. So he volunteers his time at the DA's office trying to figure out a way to get Trump. And he admits it in his own book. He admits it out loud. Listen to this. We suspected that there were skeletons in Weisselberg's closet, if only because he had worked closely with Trump for decades. Okay. Somebody hanging around Trump, law enforcement is already suspicious. But listen to their method- methodology, how corrupt it is, how, how awful it is. And imagine, imagine a situation where race, race does not apply here, but I'm going to come back to race in a moment. Listen to this. We needed to go back to Michael Cohen and interview him about Weisselberg and re-interview Jennifer Weisselberg. I think that's his uh, daughter-in-law. And round up any public information about Alan Weisselberg. And do a deep dive into his personal finances to learn how he was compensated and how he spent his money. Because he hung around with Donald Trump? That's not sufficient a, what do they call it, a predicate? They need a predicate. They need a reason. They need probable cause. And the probable cause here for them is that he's hanging around somebody they don't like. That he works for somebody that they want to kill politically. Donald Trump. And this is where it gets really corrupt. Carrie and I, his buddy, discussed calling Weisselberg's lawyer to fire a warning shot over his bow. We could say that we might be coming after Weisselberg, without specifying what we had on him, which was very little at that point, in the hope that he would get scared and fall into our laps as a witness. How about that? Right there in black and white in his book. So arrogant they are. That's wrong. That's that's totally wrong. And can you imagine if race was a factor here? And this guy in this case is kind of acting like a cop. If he talked about bringing people of people of color into the office, saying maybe we don't have anything on them, but maybe we can scare them into thinking that we had something on them. You see how evil that is, how corrupt, how far afield that is from the pursuit of justice. I did this thing the other night. The pursuit of justice is the most important pillar of good government. That's what it says right outside of 60 Center Street. It's actually engraved on the side of the building. And now I have it in Engron, Judge Engron's own words here, that what they basically did is they scared everybody ever associated with Donald Trump, just like they did Weisselberg. They brought him downtown, and they started to say things about Donald Trump. They started to badmouth Donald Trump. And like, do you want do you want to support this guy? Do you want to actually continue doing business with him? And people like the accountants at Mazars, Mazars, the famous accounting firm. Is it Mazars or Mazars? M-A-Z-E-R-S, Mazars? Mazars? I don't know. And all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, no, we 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 had no idea the paperwork was this sloppy. Oh yeah, no, we'll drop him. We're gonna leave him alone. We're gonna drop him as a client. Now a lot of this was all in the spring of twenty twenty one. What was going on in the spring of 2021? It was all the aftermath of 
um, January 6th. Remember how they were out to cancel uh, Donald Trump? Remember how weird that time felt? And it seemed like Trump was never coming back, dead as a doornail politically. And I see, it's all kind of falling into place. But they, the thing about it is they put it in writing. And that is arrogance that is going to be their undoing and will once again help Donald Trump. The more they fight against him, the more they try to hurt him, the stronger he gets. It's a wonderful thing to behold. It's an exciting time to be alive. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. I also got to come back to Letitia James. We have a serious problem with her. This unguided, actually, she's a guided missile. She will uh, conduct kamikaze missions for the uh, Biden administration. She'll do whatever the hell she's told. And, you know, some people gave me a hard time for sticking up for Cuomo. And there are a lot of reasons to not like Cuomo. All right. Believe me. But he wasn't a sexual predator. And that report, that report was... Uh, just a uh, an atrocious, contemptible document saying hello to a woman is uh, shaking a woman's hand is somehow sexual harassment. When they use the same techniques and tactics against our side, um, you know, it's not just bad when they come after us. It's bad whenever those tactics are used, even against your enemies. Hey, can you imagine Mitt Romney or uh, or Nikki Haley even going to a sneaker convention? <laughs> Trump went the other night and he debuted his own sneaker line. They're all gold. They're pretty wild. Let me hear that. Turn it around fast. And we're going to remember the young people and we're going to remember sneaker con. You know that we're going to remember the young people, the young people, especially that wear sneakers. Right. But I want to I just want to thank everybody. This has been a lot of fun. We're going up to Michigan. Right after this, I go to Michigan. We make a big speech in front of a lot of people. I won't be talking about me. I'll be talking about a slightly different subject than sneakers. But but you know what? It's all part of Americana. It's all part of our country. And what's happened with all of the people in this room, and I know how seriously you take it, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I just want to thank you very much for being here. It's an honor. It's an honor. You're all sneakerheads. 
your sneakerheads, right? Does everybody in the room consider themselves a sneakerhead? I think so. We got to get her up. Get her up. Can you get her up here? Get her up here. Get her up here. Do you want to come up? Come on up. There's such emotion, such beautiful. Come on up. Come on up. Look at this young lady. Let's go. Get her up here. Look at this woman. She's so great. I think she's more of a political person than a sneaker person, but whatever. <laughs> Come on up. Wow. Look at that. Unbelievable. He's letting her, he's going to let her speak. She's wearing a Trump, she's a regular lady, just a regular person. Just amazing and beautiful. That who the hell? He just knew. He sees her. She's wearing a Trump hoodie. I don't know. She's like forty-five years old, salt of the earth, and gets up there. And you know, the people understand it. They don't have to read the indictments. They don't actually have to go through it. They know it. They know it intuitively. They get it. They feel it. They see it. It's so great. It is so great. And for him to recognize her and bring her up, and they have a moment. He loves people. And that's another thing, because you know what? People in the fake news, they don't like people. (laughs) They like celebrities. They like parties. They like exclusivity. It's one of the many reasons why they can't figure out Trump. (laughs) That's he's got his great big fat gold sneakers right there. Um, To be honest, those sneakers look like they were just spray painted. I don't know if we used to do that with with, uh, sneakers when I was growing up, actually. We'd we'd spray paint them and put the special silver on them, the silver polish. I can't remember if they got really dirty. Sometimes we would paint them. Anyway, a beautiful moment, a beautiful woman, and yes, a beautiful man. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. You know, there could be a real practical uh, bad impact for New York as a result of this crazy case against Donald Trump. $355 million. I wish, quite frankly, I uh, took a couple of more business courses. I'm going through the actual ruling. Some of the stuff I don't understand. Um, they don't want us to understand it, all right? They're, they, they've actually tried to complicate a pretty simple case, but I am going to, I'm decoding this thing. Uh, but in the meantime, here's a guy who knows business through and through. You've seen Shark Tank. His name is Kevin O'Leary. He is the, hey, the Shark Tank guys have gotten very, very arrogant and pissy with basically everybody who comes in there, right? They're just, 
you know, they shake their heads. I, I saw that they actually said no to the doorbell.com entrepreneur, the guy who came up with the uh, camera for your doorbell so you can see who's there. They told him no in like, I don't know, 2006 or so. And uh, all he wanted was $100,000. Well, now he's worth a billion. So it's a good thing that he had, doesn't have to share the money with uh, with Damon and uh, Mark Cuban. Uh, but anyway, having said that, they're they're pretty successful people. They're having fun with each other. and uh, But Kevin O'Leary has been great on this thing. And here he is talking about what this verdict practically means. It's the weirdest thing. Go ahead. And let's leave out politics and just talk about what happens in real estate development anywhere. So if you're a developer and you've got a building on, on a block anywhere in America and it's worth, let's say, $500 million and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say, this building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset. And I want you to tell me it's worth 500 million too. And the bank negotiates with you and says, well, no, we think it's worth 400 million. And you fight it out. You're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you can possibly determine for them. You want them to be worth the very most because you're only going to get a 40 or 50% loan to value, as it's called. Then you borrow that money. In the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million, and you build a new building with a construction finance loan. And so that's what this case is all about. What, and, and by the way, forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot, and the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. So... In this case, when I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built. And if, if you're going to sue this case and win, you've got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is. This doesn't even make sense. Now, look, I know Trump's got a lot of problems in other indictments and everything else. But but this if you're a real estate developer, you're watching this, you're saying, what is this? This is ridiculous. Well, good for Kevin O'Leary, because a lot of people who know better, like like he does, keep their heads down. You know, they don't want any trouble. And they don't want to uh, make any waves. Uh, this is the time to step up and stand up. And if you've got something to offer, offer it. Um, because we got that bucktooth Kathy Hochul. Um, and she's kind of uh, gloating about all this. And in the aftermath of the... Uh, of the ruling of the decision, 355, she's up there, she's beaming, absolutely beaming, you know, buck teeth and all, all, all the big smile on her face. Let me hear her on from Friday, please. I just got off the phone with Attorney General Tish James and spoke to her about how this sends a strong message that in the state of New York, businesses, business people who commit fraud and to hide their assets will be caught and prosecuted, whether you're the president of the United States, a past president and forever past president of the United States, or you're an ordinary business person. No one above, is above the law here in the state of New York. And I congratulate her and her effort for making sure that that is a message that is heard loud and clear 
not just here in New York, but across this entire nation. So, like Kevin said, though, it's not fraud. Nobody was defrauded. Nobody lost money. You know, what they're trying to kind of outlaw, outlaw here is wheeling and dealing. <laughs> this, is a, this is New York. This is America. You can wheel and deal. You can hustle. It's okay to hustle. It's not a scam. You're just, you're, you're trying to get things done. And some of the valuations, even I know in my amateur eye, somebody who glances at the financial pages every now and then, I knew that Letitia James, I know, number one, she knows nothing about real estate. And I know also that um, 40 Wall Street wasn't worth $200 million. I also know that if you have a trust, apparently he had a trust. Trump had a trust in something called Vernado. I've seen Vernado. I think they own buildings and manage buildings. And Donald Trump had a big piece of Vernado, V-O-R-N-A-D-O. Anyway, he called his trust his piece of Vernado. He counted it as cash. And they said, well, it was all tied up. He couldn't call that cash. Are you kidding me? If you got money in a mutual fund, it is kind of tied up. And there are penalties for getting out early and there are fees you got to pay. That doesn't mean you can't turn it around into cash. And I think he could have gotten out of that uh, trust like permanently, but that is cash. That's cash on hand. It made basic business business illegal. Now, Kathy Hochul was on. Actually, she was in this room over the weekend on the phone with John Katsimatidis. And her comments made news all over again. Because she's trying to say, oh, uh, nobody really has to worry here. Don't worry. This was just about Trump. This was just about uh, getting Trump and, you know, business people don't have to worry. Well, that doesn't really square with what she just said. It doesn't really make sense. Um, but then again, I, I really feel like she just does what she's, uh, what she's told. I think she's got, let's see here, upstate lifer Kathy Hochul reveals she keeps a second home in New York City. I live in Manhattan. Hmm, how about that? Um, Governor Kathy Hochul wants to be a part of it. The lifelong upstater dropped a geographic bombshell on Sunday. Uh, Hochul, who has a home on the Buffalo waterfront, also rents an apartment in Midtown East, not far from her Manhattan office on 3rd Avenue. The streets are so crowded, and I live in the city. I live in Manhattan, Hochul told WABC 770 AM host John Katsimatidis on the Cats Roundtable program. Hochul's team was guarded on where Hochul's pad is located, with the spokesperson saying, Governor Hochul maintains a Buffalo residence and recently rented an apartment in Manhattan. This brings us... This brings her pandering to New York City full circle, quipped Senator George Borello, who represents a western New York district that borders Buffalo. He recently took a dig at Hochul for holding a Manhattan fundraiser during a Buffalo Bills home playoff game before news of her second home emerged. Borello also wondered, tongue firmly in cheek, if Hochul was getting the same sweet arrangement on a rent-subsidized apartment that Upper West Side Assemblywoman Linda Rosenthal has paying just $1,575 a month for a five-room pad in a landmark building. Is the governor getting the Linda Rosenthal deal? Insiders say Hochul's Manhattan pad is modest, not luxurious. Radio host John Katsimatidis said he was surprised, but pleased when Hochul said she had a residence in Manhattan. I wasn't aware of it, but I'm glad she's got an apartment here. She gets to see what's going on in our city. Yeah, it's just being destroyed. It's being absolutely destroyed. Um, also, in that same interview with John Katsimatidis, 
she tells business owners you should not fear after the Trump ruling. Well, she just said something different, didn't she? In an interview on the New York radio show, The Cat's Roundtable, with the supermarket billionaire John Katzmatidis, Kathy Hochul sought to quell fears in some quarters that the penalties handed to Trump for engaging in fraudulent business practices could chill the state's commercial climate. Asked if business people should be worried that if prosecutors could do that to the former president, they can do that to anyone. Hochul said law abiding and rule following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. She added that the fraud case against Trump resulted from really an extraordinary, unusual circumstance. Yeah, he's a former president who's running again. He's incredibly popular, more popular than Joe Biden. Hogel's comments were directed at some New York business leaders who said they were concerned that the Attorney General Letitia James's case against Trump could deter business and investment from coming to the state. That's a really good concern. I noticed that uh, Tish James, you know what she did? Her big moment in the sun? She walks right out of the room. She walks right out of the room without taking any questions. And she does this whole, like, I'm a poet laureate thing. Cut one. Cut one. Today, justice has been served. Today, we prove that no one is above the law. No matter how rich, powerful, or politically connected you are, everyone must play by the same rules. We have a responsibility to protect the integrity of the marketplace. And for years, Donald Trump engaged in deceptive business practices and tremendous fraud. Donald Trump falsely knowingly inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself, his family, and to cheat the system. How many times do you think she practiced that looking in the mirror? All right. She doesn't actually, she's reading from a teleprompter too. She comes in without any notes and says all that stuff that, you know, I'm sorry, but you can't go through People doing business with each other. Nobody went to the state attorney general to complain about anything. This is the state going into places that they shouldn't. Hey, hey, Stu, what's up? Hold on. Yes, Stu. Yeah, great. I'm very angry with you. You there? Uh, what the hell did I do to you? I never even met you. That's right. Navalny, you blew him off, Greg. Greg. Hey, 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 if you want to turn on uh, any just any broadcast uh, outlet in the world and if you want to get the Alexei Navalny, I'm outraged, I'm heartbroken, I'm disappointed. All right. Have at it. All right. I told you how I feel. Most of those people are just saying what they've been told or what they think is the thing to say on this occasion. I wish Alexei Navalny was alive. I wish they had a thriving constitutional republic over there in Russia. They don't. It's not my problem. I wish him the best. I can't help it. You know what we have? We have a raging war right now, and I want it to stop. And if you can't handle that, Stu, I'm sorry. Uh, I, you know, just sign up for more billions and billions and billions of dollars. Uh, never give him the actual weapons that Ukraine truly wants. Well, we're always kind of putting that on hold. You want tanks? No, take these howitzers. You want planes? No, take these drones. We're never giving them what they want. Something is not straight about this whole damn deal. Something is really weird about it, Stu. And, you know, I I, I wish that the Alexi guy, you know what? I mean, it it was high risk. 
it's not exactly a shock that he died in prison. I wish he hadn't. I don't know the whole detail. I don't know the whole story. And neither do you. That's not the point. May I make a comment? Well, just make it. Greg, you talk every day about another guy who was killed by a government because he was a troublemaker. Do you know his name? Well, what are you talking about? Wait, wait, wait. What? what? Who? Tell me. What do you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. No, what do you mean? No, no, Stu. Stu, what are you you talking about? Stu, this is our country. And it's not a fella I talk about a lot. I talk about Ashley Babbitt. This is our country, America. Other countries do horrible things. We're better than that. We're better than that. So I can't lose sleep, and neither do you, Stu, that Alexei Navalny and other dissidents have been persecuted overseas. I wish it weren't the case. This is the real world. It's a mean, horrible place. I wish it wasn't. The world has fallen. So what the hell am I supposed to do about Alexei Navalny? Be a little more compassionate. Compassionate, my ass. Give me a break. I never met the guy. I'm never going to meet the family. I wish all the best. But right now, you know, if Trump starts saying the predictable, antagonistic approach to uh, Putin, you know what's going to be harder? Bringing peace. Bringing peace between Ukraine and Russia. How's this for compassion? I want the dying to stop in that war. That's true compassion, man. All right. But throwing out statements because it sounds good. Throwing out stuff like uh, like Nikki Haley does. Like Nikki. She'll she'll I guess she's your kind of woman, huh? Cut 21. Not at all. I mean, it's amazing to me how weak in the knees he is when it comes to Putin, because you look at the fact he is yet to say anything about Navalny's death, which Putin murdered him. It's what he does to his political opponents. He's yet to say anything about seizing Russian assets. There you go, Stu. I guess Nikki Haley is your person. All right. So the deep state and the swamp and the Democrats, they're all saying what you want to hear about Alexei Navalny. Hey, by the way, how did Alexei Navalny make his money? Greg, you want to... How how did he make his money? It's of no consequence. Uh, It's of no consequence. You don't even know a damn thing about this guy. I can't stand it. You're like Nikki... You are like Nikki Haley. You stand up there, you thump your chest about Ukraine. You can't name any provinces in Ukraine. I could do that one, too. I could test you on that. I know all 31, by the way, but I'm out of time. Greg Kelly. listening to the Greg Kelly show. You guys know who Judge Napolitano is. Um, my go-to guy for all things legal is Alan Dershowitz. Uh, really the biggest brain in the world. Judge Napolitano, I I I love him as a guy. I think he's a great dude. I don't he's a little bit hot and cold on Trump, right? He's a little bit all over the place on Trump. He's got mixed feelings, so I'm very curious. I just handed this thing. He was also on the uh, on the Katz and Cosby show. Judge Napolitano, seriously, pal, this is a test. Let me know how you feel about that verdict. Cut ten. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it being reversed in All the right. division, Rita and uh, and John. Justice uh, Engeron has been appealed six times. In this case, two before the trial and four during the trial. And in all six cases, 
he was reversed. I mean, the fundamental error here is the statute is profoundly unconstitutional because it seeks a remedy where there is no wrong. Fabulous, Judge. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Roger Stone, the sometimes eccentrically dressed uh, political uh, genius. Uh, Cut 11. You know, I think most people see through this, Arita. I mean, uh, Donald Trump first and his family and his companies being prosecuted under a law in which no one has ever been prosecuted previously. And there is no victim. He borrowed millions of dollars. He paid the millions of dollars back with very handsome interest. Everyone made money. Uh, People see this for what it is. It's a politically motivated prosecution designed to interfere in the next upcoming presidential election. In these civil cases, I think across the country, outside of New York State, this is playing to the president's benefit. He looks like what he is, a victim. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Sometimes I worry, though, about the cumulative effect on all this stuff. And I mentioned Dersh. Let's get to Dersh. Uh, Cut nine. Well, in 60 years of practicing criminal law, I have never come across a case, and I've read probably 10,000 cases. I've never come across a case where there are no damages, where the banks made money, where there were no complaining witnesses, where there's no intention, and where this amount of money has been caused as a fine. It's clearly unconstitutional. It clearly is, uh, although it's not criminal, it's civil, but it's cruel and unusual punishment. It violates any sense of proportionality, and I would hope it would be reversed by the appellate division or by the New York Court of Appeals. Well, I love it. I love it. These are good men, smart as hell, and unlike, um, you know, there's no emotion. There's no, you know, uh, rhetoric in, in what they're saying. You know, they're, they're not Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. All, that's what the other side has to do. This is all very, very reasonable. And and I love it. Hello, Chris. Chris in New Jersey. Hey, Greg, how are you? Listen, I think everybody should take part in this boycott like the truckers in New York, especially the city. Yeah, they don't work. Number one, I live here. Uh, you know, I need my stuff. And number two, uh, they don't work. They don't they don't work. Boycotts of what you're talking about. It's not going to work. Well, if they if they're met with calls to the, you know, the established and the higher ups. And, and then what? Uh, they're going to say, oh, we made a mistake. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, we'll undo this right away. No, it doesn't work that way. And uh, look. There are Trump well, supporters here. There are a lot of Trump supporters in New York. You're going to you're going to penalize us for what Letitia James and this freak judge did with the purple shirt. I want right. I want my stuff. I mean, or my, I don't I, re, I really don't order anything. My wife does. But we need, you know, everything we consume comes from somewhere else. So, uh, no, no boycott. All right. I know the truckers are talking about that. I love the truckers and the truckers love Trump and Trump loves the truckers. But please, no boycott. All right. Instead, let's bring those trucks down to the border. Maybe we can do something down there.